Welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am so glad that you've chosen to tune in today, particularly because I'm really excited about the topic that we are going to be discussing today. It is all about morning habits, your morning time, your quiet time, the time that you kind of set aside to not only prepare for your day, but also, and most importantly, to spend time with God. I will be the first to admit that it has been very hard for me as I've spent the last two years traveling. But now that I'm nesting into life in Nashville, it's a huge priority to me to get my morning time set aside, set apart, and use it and have it in order to just go about my day and do the things that God has for me. And with that, I'm really excited to introduce you guys to a new friend of mine. Her name is Asherita Chuchu. Please tell me I said that right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. She actually recently had a book come out called Bible and Breakfast, and I don't want to give it all away. I'm going to let her talk about that in a little bit. So let me stop rambling and let me introduce you to Asherita. Janine, thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that you are here because you are, I mean, I would say this, you probably wouldn't, but I think you're kind of an expert in this space of morning time and just really establishing those habits. So I'm really excited, even if just for me to have you on this podcast, but I know it's going to be a blessing to everyone who's listening as well. Oh man, any wisdom I have comes from the Lord and from trial and error and messing it up. So <laughs> you're in good yes. friend. <laughs> yes. Well, would you just take a few minutes to introduce yourself? Maybe tell us a little bit about you, where you live, what you do, and maybe just a fun fact. Sure. Well, lots of fun facts when it comes to me. I was born in Athens, Greece. I grew up as a missionary kid in Romania. I met mm. my husband in fifth grade summer camp, and now we live in Northeastern Ohio with our three children, ages one and a half to six. Wait, wait. Okay. I'm trying to follow. You were born in Greece, <laughs> grew up as a missionary kid in Romania. You met your husband in fifth grade? In Romania. Yep. Wow. Was he also a missionary yep. kid? No, no, he's Romanian. My parents are oh also Romanian. It's a long story, but yeah, wow. boys still had cooties in fifth grade. Right. Uh, we didn't really hit it off until probably eighth grade. Um, wow. He's actually amazing. the one who convinced me to start an email address. Like we were writing pen and paper letters back and forth. <laughs> and he's like, you know, there's this thing called the internet, <laughs> which is so funny because <laughs> my whole ministry now is online. So right. I have him to thank for that. That is so funny. So that must have been the 90s. Yeah, early 2000s, I think. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. And you're also an author. You have yeah. multiple books, right? Yeah, I've always wanted to be a writer. And the Lord has just been so gracious in opening doors for me and allowing me to write to encourage women to find joy in Jesus through creative and consistent time in his word. So this Bible and Breakfast is my fourth book with many publishers. And I'm just so excited to get it into women's hands. That is wonderful. Well, my next question I always ask our guests is, how do we know each other? And we're new friends. We uh, are. <laughs> I like making new friends. It's always so fun to make new friends. Okay, and last question before we get into our topic, and I always love asking this because I love to travel, and I've found it's so fun to ask for personal recommendations in a lot of mm. kind of travel-like situations. So I always like to hear about everyone's favorite place they've been. So where is your favorite place you've ever been and maybe even a place you're hoping to go? Yeah. So as you can tell, I traveled a lot growing up, but on our honeymoon, Flavio, my husband took me to the Austrian Alps and we were oh in Tirol, which is like a small village um, where the winter Olympics were held, like in the 1970s, I think, mm. but we were there in the summer and it was gorgeous. 
Jenny. Wow. Just, oh. Imagine sound of music. <laughs> like yeah, on, on her life. Side of the mountain, just twirling and singing on her honeymoon. It was gorgeous. And we totally want to go back probably for our 20th anniversary. What a dream. Mm-hmm. So is that so, also the place you're hoping to go back to then? Yeah. Yeah. We decided we did the mountain thing for our honeymoon. We're going to do Hawaii for our 10 year anniversary, do like yes. a beach tropical type thing. And then we'll go back for our 20th. That's a great balance. Yeah. I mean, those are big trips. So you kind of yeah. have to save up, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, coordinate a lot of child care. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh. Well, I will add the Austrian Alps to my bucket list for sure for traveling. Yeah. I drove through Austria last year, but I didn't get to stop. I just got to see it from a bus and it was gorgeous. And I immediately regretted that I didn't plan to stop Mm. there. Yeah. Vienna too. We were in Vienna on the weekend and we got to go to the opera house where Mozart composed and performed music. Wow. And like all the orchestra was dressed in period costumes and it, oh my goodness, it was a, just such a surreal experience. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. That's something I would definitely be interested in. <laughs> that, uh, like, it's like you get to go back in time. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's oh man, you're making me want to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Janine. Sorry. <laughs> I think I do tend to have that effect on, on people through conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not called Wild Hearts for nothing, right? I know. I know. It's funny. I am kind of in that space now where, you know, I am kind of nesting into what life looks like here in Nashville. But that little travel bug in me is still there. So <laughs> definitely planning some little trips here and there to kind of satiate that desire. Because I just love it. I love learning from other cultures and other people around the world. You get to learn so much about yourself, but even more so more about who God is and just oh, the vastness yeah. of his grace. So yeah. (laughs) Well, let's move right on into our topic. I'm so excited about this because I know you're going to drop some wisdom that I know I need and I'm sure many of us are going to benefit from. So let's talk about how to form better morning habits. You run a ministry, you mentioned this earlier, and it's called One Thing Alone. So what prompted you to start that ministry and when did you start it? I'd love to hear a little bit of history with that. Yeah, so we're coming up here on six years of One Thing Alone Ministries. I started on my maternity leave with my firstborn because, oh, God bless me. (laughs) I mentioned I wanted to be a writer, and so I researched, like, what does it take? And I learned that, you know, there's this thing called a platform, and publishers really want to make sure that your message resonates with readers and you get some experience, you know, talking about the message on your heart. So Mm -hmm. the best way at that point was to start a blog. Mm -hmm. And I was researching this while I was pregnant with Carissa, my firstborn. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take my shirty leave. I'll be off work for like three months. I'm going to be so bored. I'll just start a blog. (laughs) (laughs) Which is absolutely ridiculous for any mom listening. You know that those are the most sleep deprived days of your life. Like, Janine, (laughs) I would try to sit down and read the Bible and literally fall asleep on the pages. Like, I've never been that tired in my life. Yeah, I can't even imagine. But in the midst of all that, the Lord was just so gracious <laughs> and I started my own little website and started writing and God just blessed just mm-hmm. his favor on that, that website, that space online for women to get together. And that one thing is needed. As a young mom, I just found myself saying, I'm busy and I'm overwhelmed by so many things. And I want that one thing alone. I just don't know how to make it happen. And so I started writing through my journey of what does it look like as a busy woman in the 21st century 
to prioritize one thing alone, and that is spending time with Jesus, finding joy in his word. Um, and so that's, that's where all my messages, all my books, it comes out of that heart of finding joy in Jesus. Well, you mentioned this earlier, but you have a new book called Bible and Breakfast, and mm-hmm. I'm holding on to my copy that I have, and I'm very excited about it. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, always loved, honestly, just loved Jesus, loved mm-hmm. his word. I'm a bit of a nerd, and so I would geek out <laughs> on the inductive study of the text, and my dad taught me how to do Greek and Hebrew word studies and pull out concordances and cross-references, and I, I could lose myself in hours of a Bible study, and it truly delights my heart. And then, like I mentioned, I became a mom, and all of a sudden, the little time that I had, mm-hmm. I would either fall asleep or I would just get so overwhelmed by everything that I thought I had to do. Yeah. And I, I had heard about this Chinese pastor that had once said, no Bible, no breakfast. Like, that was his commitment, that he wouldn't feed his body until he had first fed his soul. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. But if I did that, I probably wouldn't eat anything until dinner time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just in, I was in a season of it just minute by minute hecticness. And I thought, what if instead it becomes Bible and breakfast? Because I'm a bit of a foodie. I really like (laughs) eating and I know I'm, you know, if I can't help it, like I, I won't miss breakfast. And so what if it means sitting down with a Bible next to my, whatever I'm eating, whether it's a quick bite or, you know, I get to sit down and, and linger at the table and feeding my soul while I feed my body. And I invited my friends and my readers, this was, I think, three or four years ago, to join me in the month of October to take 31 days. I called it the Bible and Breakfast Challenge. And let's just try for 31 days to form a habit of reading the Bible while we eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. And Janine, there were over a thousand women. That joined. Wow. I was blown away because it's so easy to think I'm the only one who struggles with this. Mm-hmm. And to hear other women say, no, like this is a struggle for me too, but it's also something I really want. Mm-hmm. And then forming that community and the accountability and kind of that momentum of doing it together. That's really how Bible and Breakfast was born. That's so cool. And I mentioned this earlier, but I, you know, I'm not always that I really like to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I could snooze a large number of alarms before I actually get out of bed, (laughs) but I'm all single with no kids. So like, I don't have anyone else I'm responsible to right now, but I want that prioritization of having my morning time. You know, I've had seasons where I've been really good at it. Traveling was definitely made it a little bit harder. Now Mm. I'm trying to form some rhythms in my day-to-day life now that I'm waking up in the same place every day, which is amazing. You don't realize what you miss until you don't have it. and so. I'm really excited about kind of forming those rhythms and creating Mm -hmm. that space in my days and in my mornings. And so I'm stoked to have you on and get to talk about this. But before we get into the good stuff, I would love to hear from you. Like, what would you say are some of the just common struggles people experience with their own morning times and routines? Yeah, I think one of them is this all or nothing mindset that we have. Like we have a formula of what we think quiet time should look like. Hmm. It should be a certain amount of time. It shouldn't include certain disciplines like inductive study and intercessory hmm. prayer and <laughs> time of worship. And so we have an idea of what it should be and how long it should last. And when, when we look at our busy schedules, it, there's this all or nothing mentality. Like if I don't have time for full 30 minutes, then I'll just wait until I do. 
And that time never comes really. Or when the time does come, it's the end of the day and our exhausted. Um, our willpower, yeah, is depleted. And all you want to do is veg out on the couch watching Netflix. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, how often does that happen? So there's this dual tension of on the one hand, we feel like we don't have time. Mm. And then when we do have time, we really don't feel like doing it. And, and I think we're afraid to be honest about this because good Christian girls don't admit that they're bored with the Bible mm. and they don't admit that, you know, they'd rather do something else <laughs> than read the Bible. And until we are willing to be honest about our struggles, we can't really start thinking creative about solutions and yeah. thinking outside of the box. And I don't know if you, if we're going to get here eventually, but I wanted to turn this on you, Janine, because you'd mentioned oh. you wanted to start Morning Habit. Yeah. And my question for you would be why? Yeah, because I know from past experience that when I have had that morning time in scripture and in prayer and sometimes Sometimes it's even just spent journaling, which I always view as really just like talking to God. Sometimes it's just, mm-hmm. as a fellow writer, I'm sure you understand, sometimes when I write it out, I can get my thoughts out a lot more clearly and I don't get as distracted. I'm a little more singularly focused. But I've found that when I do have that time intentionally, I start to see God more actively in my day to day and hear his voice more clearly. I think I'm more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's promptings when I've spent time in scripture or time in prayer. And so I know the benefits in that regard. I know that I feel the closeness and I feel his presence. And, and, when I, and I can feel the difference when I don't have that because I haven't had that time. Whether it's in the morning or some other time during the day, I like to get it in. But I just think the morning is best because it really sets my day in a, just on a different trajectory, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up a lot of points that are common to women who've grown up in the church, you know, Mm. and I think those are all common answers to us, strong answers (laughs) to us. I think too, some things that I've experienced and have Mm. resonated with women is we also tend to cling to rules. Mm. There's a sense of security and knowing like, this is what I need to do. And if I do this, then I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that can also be a struggle. Like, I think it can come from a good place. I want us to be careful not to talk about morning habits or spending time with Jesus out of this legalistic, try harder, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just will yourself to do it, Mm -hmm. but rather out of a place of rest and obedience. Because of what Jesus has done, we can rest in his finished work. And then out of that comes the overflow of joy. So when we get rid of this try harder mentality, yeah, um, we can then experience the joy of mm-hmm. being in relationship with God. Yeah, it's we we're always grasping for something, right? I think that's part of our nature as humans living in a fallen world is we we're trying to grasp for any sense of control, and so sometimes those rules that we think we need to follow are, in a way, a way that we kind of feel like we have some control. But you're so right; like we are saved not by what we do. We are saved because of Jesus and that's it. And now we have the the joy and the privilege of getting to spend time in the word and with him. And, and from there, yeah, comes the fullness of joy. I think you're so mm-hmm. right. And when we do that, it doesn't make God love us anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thought, Janine, was revolutionary for me. Even though I grew up in the church, I just had this mindset of, I want to make sure I'm okay with God. And I had heard this message that he's pleased with us when we do these things. 
And so I would do it just out of a sincere, like childlike desire. I think that we can also get into this kind of mindset that it has to look one way, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the rules. Mm -hmm. It has to look one way and it's the same for everyone. And, you know, there's like essentially some sort of guideline or roadmap for that everyone should follow when it comes to morning time or morning or just time spent with the Lord. But you claim there's not a one size fits all Mm -hmm. kind of time that we have. And I'd love to know kind of what you mean by that and maybe what um, advice you would give there. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, when you actually look at what the Bible says and what scripture says, there is Mm -hmm. no one size fits all formula for spending Mm -hmm. time with God. And I believe that's because God created each of us one of a kind. He mm-hmm. is a creative God. I mean, just look at the world of nature around us and his creativity. And each of us, I think, can connect with God in different ways. Through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, there's only one way <laughs> to him. <laughs> but through Jesus Christ, we have so much freedom. Mm-hmm. There's so much creativity. And what does it look like for each of us in different seasons of life with different challenges to get into God's word? And to have God's word get into us. Mm. There's just so much joy and freedom in that. And so one thing that was super helpful for me was a book called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Um, oh, I read yep. it a few years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. So there's this concept that just like we all have different learning styles, like you might be visual, auditory, kinesthetic. We each have different pathways that our souls feel close to God. And some people might feel close to him in nature that would be me. (laughs) So (laughs) when you mentioned like where my favorite place that I'd been, the mountain, I feel close to God when I'm in the mountains, Me too. Um, out in the forest. And so some things that I encourage people to do is maybe listen to the audio Bible as you go through for a walk through the park or put down your phone and spend five minutes just staring at the sky and look at the clouds. Nahum tells us, the prophet Nahum, that the clouds are the dust of his feet. And so meditate on the fact that God is roaming the world and he is looking for those who heart, whose hearts would belong to him in their entirety. And just mm. meditate on that. Rejoice in that. You might feel closer to God in maybe a more traditional, structured place. Maybe there's a cathedral you can go to mm. that will inspire you with its grandiose, beautiful architecture and art. And you can be still in that larger narrative and just become aware of God's greatness as you meditate on his word. Memorize scripture. You know, it might be writing a verse on your hand or using hand motions to mm-hmm. commit scripture to memory. And I realized I can't memorize scripture. I was just doing it the wrong way for me. I thought there was just one way to do it. So even with that, becoming creative and discovering that joy, it's just a whole new world that opens up. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I also feel closest to the Lord when I'm out in nature and the mountains are kind of my go-to place as well. So I Mm. 100% love that we can relate on that. I actually once, I was at church a few years ago when I lived in Nashville the first time. And I remember I had read something where it kind of talked about when you're in your prayer time, if you ever think about like a place, like your your favorite place or a place you would love to be. And that's kind of the place you can meet with God and just like have these beautiful conversations. I don't remember what the term for it was, but it was something like your sacred place. And mine was like a log cabin in the mountains overlooking a lake. And I always thought like when I'm in my most kind of sacred prayer times with the Lord, that's always where I go to is that, that little log cabin in the mountains. <laughs> Okay, so that's great that you have that in your mind. 
But then how do you continue to keep a vibrant relationship with Jesus when you can't go to that log cabin in the mountains? Right. What does that look like? Oh, are you asking me? I'm on the spot. Well, I mentally go there. So it's not like I'm always physically there. It's like a safe space to go, I guess. But yeah, I would say it's just, it depends on the day. Probably some days I'm better at being more intentional with that time um, than I am with others because the, the busyness of day to day can distract me on, if I'm honest. I would say get in the way, but really it's just a distraction. And mm. yeah, I mean, this is as much as I might be like, quote unquote, leading this conversation. It's really something I need to be hearing. Well, yeah, no, I just love having conversations because there isn't one right answer, you know, and, and I can learn from you and your life experiences just as much as, you know, you can learn from me. So I love that. Was, I've never heard that before of like picturing a space and then going there in your mind. So that's something I might try. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a neat exercise. I don't remember where I read it or who I heard it from. I wish I could give like proper credit. (laughs) Well, on on the topic of like different ways to connect with God, I did put together a list of 120 creative ways to connect with God. So if you ever feel stuck in a rut, and it is based on Gary Thomas's books. So they're different different methods for each of the pathways. So I can give you that link if you want to link it in that the show would, notes. I would love to. But now that you've mentioned it, could you like just name three off the top of your head? Yeah. So I mentioned like listening to scripture when you're out for a walk or looking for a local cathedral and just spending time in prayer there. Maybe it's if you're an intellectual and you love like getting into the text, like I mentioned as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, maybe learning about Jewish festivals and piecing together how Jesus was fulfilling some of those Jewish rituals that had been handed down. Like Mm -hmm. that could be really fascinating for an intellectual type person. Other people feel closest to God when, especially if they're in a season of caregiving and really recognizing God's presence as they're taking care of an elderly parent or a child or a spouse that's sick Mm -hmm. and recognizing that you know, if you give a cup of water in Jesus's name, you're giving it to him. Mm. And I, oh, I can't remember now who said it. I want to say, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but it was a monk a few hundred years ago. And he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And he was talking about even when he washes dishes. Brother Lawrence. Do that as a, it's Brother yes, Lawrence. Okay. I love like, that I, book. I didn't want to say that. Yes. So it really, there's yes, establishing the habit of being in God's word every day. And we can talk about how to, how to make sure we're consistent with that. But it's also recognizing that Jesus, if we belong to God, his spirit is within us and he is with us every step of the day. So whether you're in the carpool line or you are on your commute to work, you can constantly be filling your mind with who he is, with scripture, talking to him, worshiping him. So we're not isolating our time with Jesus to like this 30 minute segment at the beginning of the day. But yeah. we are integrating all he is with all we are and all we do. It's so good. And such a good reminder that like he is with us every step of the way, every moment of every day. It's mm-hmm. not just when we're at church or when we're in small group or even when we're just like having a conversation with a friend about what God's doing in our lives. He is with us in every single moment. And so recognizing that and doing all that we do to his glory is super important. It's not just about that morning time or that sacred set apart time. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, we're going to get back to the morning time though, because I need some wisdom. From Let's you. do it. <laughs> you want some, 
Janine, do you want some brain science on like yes. how to create a habit that sticks? <laughs> that is exactly, I literally was just going to ask like, what are the steps for successful habit formation, especially when <laughs> kind of get into that, making that, that time in the morning a priority. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by this, by how God created our brains to work mm-hmm. and um, our brains love to conserve energy. And so whenever possible, they'll look, our brains look for ways to, I mean, I'm oversimplifying this obviously, but <laughs> look for ways to create patterns of repeated behavior, which is what we call a habit. So when your alarm goes off and you're done snoozing them all, <laughs> when you so eventually get out of bed, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to think about, oh, my feet are touching the floor. I am now standing up out of bed. I am now moving to the bathroom. Like you just automatically do that because yeah. it is a pattern of learned behavior. And so your brain doesn't have to use up willpower. So Mm -hmm. as much as possible, we want to look for ways to create habits, learned patterns of behavior that are so ingrained that we don't have to think about, "Mm, do I feel like doing this? Or is this the right time to do it? Or what should I do next? It just becomes a natural part of our morning routine. Mm -hmm. So one thing that is super helpful is to take whatever behavior you want to become a habit and break it down into a tiny habit. And a lot of this comes from the book Atomic Habits and James Clear, I think is the Ah, author. But it's just been super helpful in my own life in the last few years. So take, for example, reading the Bible. A lot of us at some point in our lives may have started a New Year's resolution to read through the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. And that might be great for some people, but the majority of people do not follow through on that resolution. And so someone who has a desire to read the Bible more, I would say, let's break that down into a tiny habit. And by tiny, I mean so minuscule that your brain has no reason to create opposition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would say, start with one verse. And that might sound like ridiculous. Like, what are you going to get out of one verse? But the goal here is to build consistency. So start with one verse. Maybe you open up at John chapter one or Psalm one or wherever you want, or maybe you do like a chapter that matches the day of the month, whatever plan you want to follow, just Mm -hmm. keep your Bible open, read one verse a day. So that would be making it tiny. The second step is to link it to an already established habit. So this is where like Bible and breakfast comes in because I know I'm going to have breakfast pretty much every day around the same time. There's that built in consistency. Other listeners might be like, okay, I'm going to do one year. I did this with brushing my teeth. So I let left the Bible open on my bathroom vanity. And I mean, so many of us have multiple copies of the Bible. So this was like a spare copy. And I just left it on the bathroom vanity opened to where it had to be. And then every morning I would grab my toothbrush and I would just read for the two minutes that it took me to brush my teeth. So making it tiny, linking it to an already established habit. So you have this domino effect. When I put on the coffee pot, then I read my Bible. Or when the first time I'm in the car, whether it's for my commute or taking the kids to school, I listen to the audio Bible. So those are two key things that really help us establish that habit. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I think is probably one of the most important and also fun is to (laughs) celebrate your progress. Mm. We don't do this. I think, especially as Christians, we're much more likely to focus on our failures than Mm -hmm. to celebrate, Hey, I did it. Like, even if all I did today was I read one verse and continuing to meditate on it. So you see how it's not like this long, complicated 
habit. <laughs> yeah. You make it tiny. You focus on, okay, why am I doing this? It's to get to know Jesus more and to love him more. You link it to something you're already doing, whether it's breakfast or brushing your teeth or making coffee or your commute or walking the dog, link it to a habit and then celebrate every time you do that and spend time talking with God about what you're learning, who he is and celebrating that. Because what happens then is our brains release dopamine when it recognizes that something good happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is why if you eat chocolate, you're more likely to want another piece of chocolate, right? Right. Your brain's like, that was really good. Let's do that again. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, when you have a negative experience, it releases serotonin, which can be like this, I think I'm getting the, the name right. It's, it's like mm-hmm. the stress. Yes. It, it causes stress. And so your brain's like, mm, not so sure about that. Let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. So when you are making your habit tiny, you're linking it to something that's already established. And then you're celebrating the progress you are working with the way God designed your brain to form habits. And as that then becomes consistent, you are consistently doing this tiny habit day after day. You'll find that some days you want to go longer. You don't just want a verse, you want a whole chapter. Well, then do that. That's wonderful. And then celebrate that. And then inevitably, there will be days or seasons when you're in a rush or you snoozed one too many times. And you don't have time for that whole chapter that maybe has now become your norm. Mm -hmm. Well, you fall back to the tiny habit. You are still keeping that consistency in the habit. In my own life, that has been one of the major shifts is going from that all or nothing thinking of like, there's only one way to spend time with God. to looking at what are multiple tiny habits that I can weave into my day so mm-hmm. that I am constantly touching base with the Lord. And there's flexibility for different seasons. Oh, that's gorgeous. I realize this isn't revolutionary to most people, <laughs> but to me it is in the sense that if you attach, you know, being in the Bible or praying to it, something that you're already doing, a habit that you already have, like it just makes so much sense now that you've spoken it. I'm trying to establish a habit right now of going on a walk each evening, like taking mm-hmm. 30 to 45 minutes and walking around my neighborhood. But I'm like, well, why don't I just put in my headphones and, you know, set the Bible app to do audio so I can listen? Like, that's not hard. (laughs) It's very Mm -hmm. easy to do. I think oftentimes I do this a lot and I just overcomplicate things that are Mm -hmm. actually quite simple. Oh, me too, girlfriend. (laughs) So this is, this is like, you just shone a light on something that was like right, right within my grasp. I just didn't see it. So thank you. Yeah. And let me just say like morning devotions are not better than evening devotions or lunchtime devotions or sit in the carpool line devotions. Uh, (laughs) There is no morality attached to the timing that we do this. Right. And so we can start with tiny habits and maybe like, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. So maybe (laughs) for a season, I give up Netflix or whatever it is I turn to in the evening and I say, okay, I want the bulk of my time with Jesus to be then. Mm -hmm. And so you attach whatever that cue is that causes you to pick up the phone or or the remote. You put a Bible there instead and you say, okay, that's going to be my cue. This is what I'm linking it to. And that might be not in the morning. It might be another time too. I like that. I just love that you're kind of deconstructing some of these ideas that we have around what it looks like to spend time with Jesus and when it should be and what it should look like. like. You're right. It's not one size fits all. It's specific and unique to each of us, just as we are unique in the way he's created us. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Well, and then what would you say would be when we don't kind of 
develop or prioritize, I guess, these kind of spiritual habits of ours, what would you say is at stake for us? We miss out. If you are not regularly coming into Jesus's presence, where do you find your peace? It's not about being more self-disciplined. It's not about being more spiritual or righteous or somehow earning God's favor. It is about enjoying the joy of being in relationship with Jesus. I think that as listeners have been tuning into this episode, they're probably like so stoked to find more resources that you have to offer them. So I just want to see like, what kind of resources do you have that people could tune into and where can everyone find you? Yeah. So lots of stuff. I mean, my love language is (laughs) providing free resources for women. (laughs) So so I mentioned we have the 120 ways to connect with God. I'm going to give you that link in the show notes. We have bibleandbreakfast.com which is the website where you can find all the information about the book. We have a reading plan, all kinds of goodies at that website. And then if you text the word breakfast to Mm. 33777, I will send you a couple gorgeous lock screens that you can put on your phone to remind you so that when you pick up your phone first thing in the morning, it's right there reminding you. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Asherita. Awesome. And that's fun because I've never met anyone else whose first name is their Instagram handle. Because mine is... (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the perks of having a unique name. (laughs) It is. It really, really is. Oh my gosh. This has been such an amazing conversation and topic that has really ministered to my heart. So thank you for sharing science and wisdom and just truth based in scripture with me and with everyone else who's listening. This is awesome. Thank you. Mm, Janine, thank you so much for having me. It's been my joy to be here. Oh, good. Well, we're not quite done yet. I have three more questions. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Just our kind of wrap up questions. So, well, I love to ask this question a lot because I think when I was in, when I was in my early twenties, I mean, I was really trying to figure out who I was, what I was passionate about, some of the gifts God had given me. And, and that's a hard season to go through when you just don't fully know yet. And so knowing what you know now at 31 and with three kiddos and books and all the things that you're doing, what would you tell yourself at age 20? I think I would, I would tell myself that you are loved and no matter who comes or goes in your life, even the people that you thought would always be there, Mm -hmm. if they turn their back on you and they walk away, God is your refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble and allow that to be enough. Yeah. I would tell myself that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's one that's too easy to forget when you're asking all the questions that you do when you're in your early 20s. Well, w- along with that, who or what is inspiring you lately? This sounds so cheesy, but my husband, <laughs> I mean, I've known him for decades now, but he has just inspired me with his desire to continue to grow mm-hmm. and not coast. Mm-hmm. And so even this weekend, he has his second half marathon that he is running and wow. I'm just watching him train and discipline himself and overcome even some mental hurdles of things that he thought he couldn't do mm-hmm. and discovering just how much God has placed within him. So it is, it's just inspiring to see him come alive. And I love being part of the journey with him. Well, I'm cheering him on from Nashville. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Janine. I can like barely do a 5K, so. I know, I'm right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Okay, and here's our last question. It's definitely a favorite of mine to ask all of our guests. 
This is a podcast called Wild Hearts with Janine. So in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? I think it's the willingness to break out of the box Mm. and not settle for formulas and truly pursue what God has placed within you, Mm. allowing that creativity, allowing that freedom and really going for it, even if no one else is, because you know that you are loved by your heavenly father and that he delights in you. Well, you're speaking to my soul. That is, that is my love language. So, Mm. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, Asherita, this has been just such a blessing to me and I'm sure will be a blessing to everyone who's tuning in. Thank you so much for sharing. Janine, mm, thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me go off script and <laughs> ask questions and push back a little bit. This is a lot of fun. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that, like me, you learned a ton about how to build better habits, but particularly those when it comes to spending time with Jesus. I've linked all of the books and resources that we referenced in this episode in today's show notes, so definitely be sure to check those out. We will be back in two weeks where I'll be sitting down with my friend Kaylee, and we're going to be talking about art and faith and choosing to let the flowers bloom. So I can't wait to see you guys. Until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.